0: Hello everyone hello our listeners and hello to you drew
1: hello everyone hi gabby
0: nice to be here again uh we are today coming to you with episode three of the care home option and today we will focus on issues around finance fees Uh, and other legal issues such as contracts and other documents. But before we go there I thought it would be good just to recap on what we discussed last time. So first we discussed the merits of um, starting discussions, conversations and research to find the right care home if that is an option that is considered as early as possible and before there is an urgent need to do so, by which time there may be quite a time pressure. We suggested a number of factors and criteria that uh, people who are thinking of going into a care home and their family may want to look into when they're looking to do their their short list of care homes. And we ended up with uh, describing the process of application And assessments in terms of going into a care home uh, and touched on what is the difference uh, between people who pay for care themselves or those who are funded by a public body.
1: That's what we covered last time and today what have we got lined up?
0: Well today is first of all very exciting because today we have our first guest on the program and our first expert speaker His name is Jonathan West. He is a lawyer by uh, profession who now spent a considerable number of years in the care sector and is really an expert on all matters legal to do with care homes. And I'm sure our listeners will um, get a lot of interesting information from here. He will join us in the second part of this podcast. But as I hinted, finance and legal matters Uh, the overview of the topics we will discuss today and yeah I think Drew if you want to start by firing some questions to me.
1: Just before we start Gabriella I just want to say that in this episode our guest speaker explains the proposed changes for paying for social care introduced by Boris Johnson during his premiership since the recording of the episode in summer 2022 and in the autumn budget in october the implementation date for the proposed changes has been changed to october 2025 all other content remains unchanged and my first question is how much does it cost
0: to be in a care home
1: to be in a care home
0: so drew as in anything else the cost Uh, will reflect um, what one gets for it. Uh, In very general terms 500 pounds a week will probably be the absolute minimum Um, more likely to be around 800 pounds a week and rising well it's endless really because you can have a care home that has everything in it uh, etc so it could be and a half three thousand pounds but the average will probably at least in london big cities will probably be around 1200 to 1500 a week that depends the the variation in costs may depend on costs and rates in the area hence london being so much more expensive Um, the type of Environment, the, the the property, the size of the room, and uh, what luxury or not there is in the home, and some of them can be very luxurious with lots of add-ons, cinemas, gyms, I don't know, swimming pools. So, of course, that element will affect the cost uh, in terms of care, which is a really big cost to the provider, and hence for the fees, will depend on the type of care. So is it with nursing or without nursing? Uh, Is it a specialist care? Is it for people with dementia? Do they need more people, um, more staff on the ground? So all those elements will contribute and be part of the cost. But in general terms, um, that's what it is. Let's talk about an average of 12 to 1500 pounds per week per
1: person. So if we take an example of 1200 to 1500 pounds a week seems quite a large amount of money what do we get for that
0: Drew I am sure that many of our listeners will want to ask that question so I'm really glad you you put it forward First of all I would like to acknowledge that it is a lot of money. If we're talking about fifteen hundred pounds a week, it is almost eighty thousand pounds a year, which for any individual uh, family is a huge um, investment or, 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 or amount of money to pay out. Uh, even if it was a thousand pounds a week, we're talking about fifty-two thousand pounds a year. So it's not cheap. So absolutely there is a a great need to explain why and before i go into breaking the costs down a little bit to illustrate that just to to compare this for staying in a hotel for a night and the costs i would say for anything decent and not i'm not talking luxury will be around a hundred pounds and all you get is a room and maybe a bit of breakfast So on that basis, the leap from 700 pounds a week, which is seven nights at 100 pounds, to 1500 is not that great when you consider that in a care home, on top of the room and the breakfast, you actually get all your meals, all your laundry, all the facilities, all the rates and utilities, which especially these days we know is very expensive, And most importantly, you have staff 24-7. So yes, it's a lot of money, but it is money that is needed in order to provide those services. And for for providers, again, there is a lot of cost, whether they had to lay out money to build a new home or the maintenance, or maybe they're renting it. Either way, the the the, the investment and the ongoing costs for staff and everything that is included is ongoing. One of the costs, for example, people don't know about that we mentioned the Care Quality Commission. Every provider needs to pay them. And I worked in an organization recently where the cost of that for the 10 homes and services was close to £100,000. We're not talking pennies, and this is... This is it. It doesn't really provide anything other than the security and the safety for everybody to make sure that uh, providers are at the quality that they need to be. Going back to our audience and people who may be looking to go into a care home, the costs that they will need to understand maybe what they're paying for, I would divide into three main categories the first one is the accommodation as i said it can be luxurious it can be basic maybe you need to bring your own furniture or maybe not Uh, it might be even within one home some rooms are bigger or have a better uh, view so there can be variation within that that people can choose to pay less or more in terms of the care the variation will be whether somebody has low needs or very high needs, nursing, non nursing, specialist care, etc. Some providers will have a scale, so you can say, I'm coming in with low needs, so I pay the lower fee, but as time goes by, if the needs change, then the fee will go up most providers do an average let's say 1500 pounds a week and it will cover the whole period regardless of whether the needs are high or low if there is a change between non-nursing to nursing or not with dementia to with dementia then one can expect that those fees will be reflected the needs will be reflected in the fees there isn't as much choice here because the person has the needs that they have and you need to purchase in a way the care and the provisions and the skills that are required for that. I did mention last time about the staffing ratios and again, maybe a care home has very high staffing ratios and one chooses to be there or they may say, okay, maybe I have to wait a little bit longer because their staffing ratio is one to seven, but I can live with that, it's okay. So there is some option there for people to choose or to understand how this affects their costs and the rest is non-care costs so it's all the hotel services the cleaning the laundry the 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 rates and everything the maintenance everything else that i uh, mentioned before and again just ask not all providers have a breakdown but if it means that you want to make certain choices and see how you can put things up or down if possible, then it's something that I would think is um, very important to bear in mind. I'd like to add something, Drew. The fees that I'm discussing with you here are the fees that are determined by the provider, and this is what they uh, need to charge in order to cover their costs. And if they're a profit-making organization, then it goes towards profits, but there are a lot of providers that are not-for-profit and then they at least need to cover their costs and anything that is a surplus will be reinvested in the business. When local authorities buy places, care places from a provider, they will have their own fees that they pay per person in that area. Their argument is we don't pay for the extras, for the luxury. We pay what is deemed by us to be fair, if you like, for a basic. Anything else comes on top. So you may have a provider who charges £1,200 per week. And the local authorities that buy a place from them will say we only pay 600 Now you can imagine that that puts a great... Uh, pressure and burden on this provider because they have to meet their costs uh, they have a number of choices they limit the number of people from local authorities that they accept or actually say we don't and if they're a private provider they they don't have to um, or there are some providers who will take that and get the difference in other means. Maybe they're a charity and they have a community that will donate. Uh, They may ask families to top up. And particularly when it's a home with a high, as we said, the, the environment, the extras. If the local authority doesn't pay that, if you want as a client to be in a home that has, you know, the gold taps and the chandeliers, well, it makes sense that you have to pay for it or your family will pay for it, or you can choose to go somewhere that is at the rate that the local authority is prepared to pay.
1: And you've mentioned before two ways to pay, and one is just privately if you can afford it, and if you can't and you need help, uh, your local authority. Can you just tell me a little bit more about who is entitled to local authority funding?
0: in order to establish whether somebody is eligible for local authority funding they will have to undergo two assessments one is to do with their care needs and the other with their financial status
1: you mentioned a financial assessment if someone has a home do they have to sell it in order to get themselves into a care home and is that fair
0: what is fair um Okay, this question has been asked over uh, many years now, and again, I hope that we will be able to cover uh, how the government uh, has and is proposing to overcome that. However, I think the best way of demonstrating or, or, or making it clearer, if I want to sell my house and move into a smaller flat that I can manage better, that maybe doesn't have stairs and lots of maintenance, regardless of what age I'm at, and use whatever I get from the sale either to buy a new place or maybe I want to live in a hotel for the rest of my life. So the accommodation, the food, that aspect of uh, service that one pays for in a care home, should be the same as anywhere else, and the state is not proposing ever to pay for that, unless somebody's on benefit, and that's a whole other issue. But the care element, there is a big question mark as to why is it not included, like the NHS. Is it fair? It's complex, and therefore, it's very difficult to make it fair to date.
1: Well, Gabriella, it's time for our first guest, whose name is Jonathan West. Jonathan, welcome to the Care Home Option podcast. Before we begin the conversation, just tell us a little bit about yourself and your experiences and what you've come to talk about.
2: My name is Johnny West. I am a solicitor by training, um, but in the last five or six years, I left private practice Um, and joined a social care organisation initially as their general counsel and more latterly uh, also taking on various other portfolios Um, and my current title is Director of Legal Affairs Property and Procurement.
0: Lovely to have you here Johnny. and uh, obviously your background um, again is obviously very relevant to what we're trying to do with this uh, podcast series. Could you explain what the current system is regarding funding and how that impacts on the person and their family, on providers of care, and possibly local authorities who have a, a role in funding?
2: Sure. So, currently, any person who wants to go into care and who has a, a care need that needs to be met after assessment, um, if they have more than £23,250, um, that is cash or other assets, so including their house, um, then they're not eligible for local authority funding. Now, what that can sometimes mean is that if you um, are li- if you're living in your your house and you're on your own, um, and there are some exceptions to this, but the general rule is if you're living in your house and and you're you're on your own um, and you have no cash, uh, the the only way to fund your 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 stay with with a care provider is by selling your house. Um, now clearly that is a sub-optimal thing to be doing for most people uh, because they want to leave their assets to their family um, or they want to leave their assets in, in any way they want to leave them that isn't paying for their their own care. However the system is currently that if you have a relatively small amount of cash or assets then you will be paying for your own care. The vast majority of people uh if you if you have some assets that you're very likely to be over the the threshold and be paying for paying um your your own care fees now <clears throat> it's a very contentious issue uh, as to how funding works within the social care world um it's a very political issue um we've seen recently that the government have taken a keen interest or a much keener interest than they have uh, in previous years as to how they're going to tackle this problem it was one of Boris Johnson's key pledges to to look into social care funding um, obviously very recently Boris uh, has lost his position as Prime Minister so there is a greater degree of uncertainty I think as to what's going to happen with the social care reforms than if we'd have been talking about this a couple of months ago um, but the, the current uh, suggestion for reform is that the that we increase the uh, the levels of asset that people can have before you have to start to pay for your own care the upper limit is a hundred thousand pounds if you have more than a hundred thousand pounds post October 2023 um, only then will you pay for your your care so there is a substantial increase in, in that, that threshold. The current system does not provide for any upper limit of contribution. And it is suggested that that will be capped. Now the cap that has been suggested by the government is £86,000. Um, I would suggest that that's slightly disingenuous to suggest that there is an £86,000 cap because that doesn't take into account the, the daily living costs which have to be paid on top of that. So the 86,000 pounds only relates to the care element of your stay. It doesn't relate to the elements that relate to your daily living costs, which include um, an, a notional rent, uh, notional amounts for your food, your heating, your lighting, uh, your the costs that you would incur if you were at home essentially, um, and that is, Suggested to be a uh, a notional amount of two hundred pounds per week. So if you're in a care home for a year, that's another ten thousand pounds. So you, you can see that the eighty-six thousand pounds is the sort of headline figure, but it could very easily be more. Um, it could also be more because you could choose to pay more. Um, now, again, this is a contentious, another contentious issue, because the current system doesn't allow for first party top ups, it does not allow for the person in care to top up from their own resources any top up has to come from a third party now the suggestion is that first party top ups will be allowed so the person who is in care can top up the the amount that the local authority pay so that they can have their own they can choose their own provider now Again, that's going to be a contentious issue because the local authorities won't actually like that because the quicker you, you spend Exist. your own money, you, exactly, you'll exhaust your money, and then you'll fall under the £100,000 and then the local authority will have to start picking up the tab. So first-party top-ups will be allowed. Local authorities won't like it. It remains to be seen how that comes about in terms of uh, practice. Um, but I can foresee that uh, there will be some tension between so Johnny, what local authorities want and what p- providers will be seeking.
0: Today, so Johnny, to summarise. If somebody has today, assets that 20, exceed, if 250, somebody 250, has they will have to pay for everything, everything until. Their money is exhausted the and their assets until get, get to this level when the local authority will take over. to this level where and local authority will take over. Under the, over the new pay proposal to be introduced, everything. possibly in 2020. Under the 2023, new the main changes are. Possibly, that instead in of assets 3, of the main change is 250 or under, be Instead of assets of 20 pounds, 3 to uh, 50 or undated people can have assets before they have to start and pay for their own care. And then they have to they they start. If they do and have assets that care, are over that, and, and then, then still if they to pay do for have assets the that are rent and food, they will cetera, still have to pay and etc. But the care the element, they will, cetera, the care they will only have to pay up to that eighty-six thousand the pounds. When they reach that limit, of paying for care, uh, then the and local authority, authority means, again will take over. And what that means is that. We'll People's uh, money, savings, and assets won't be completely. People's money, savings, and, and assets, assets won't, won't and be be exhausted as by paying, paying for their care. And maybe to. they will be able to leave something, as you said, for whoever they choose. To.
2: So it's it's more complicated because, at the moment, if you are going to be a self-funder, you approach your provider directly and you negotiate directly with the provider. Now what the government are planning in their reforms under Section 18 of the Care Act is that you can approach the local authority to negotiate on your behalf the contract between you and the provider, taking on board the local authority rates of pay. Now that's a potentially a very big change because previous to this, the local authority essentially weren't interested. If you were a self-funder, you pretty much were on your own. You you negotiated, that's it, they were done. Um, but that that is not going to be the case under Section 18, um, which will enshrine in, in law a person's right to go to the local authority to negotiate on their behalf at a lower rate. The other complicating factor, and an exercise that's currently ongoing, is... It's called the Fair Costs of Care. And this is another sort of key element, another key political element of trying to level up. I know Boris Johnson has used levelling up, uh, mm. the term levelling up quite a lot. But he wants to try and level up the fees that are paid by a local authority with the fees that, fees that are paid by private funders. At the moment, there is a pretty big disparity mm. between those two figures. Although in our organisation, we, we have other ways of bridging the gap. Many organisations essentially subsidise their local authority funded residents by their privately funded residents and the government would like to to change that now the fair cost of care exercise is currently ongoing which essentially is that all local authorities are contacting providers to try to get a deeper understanding of the costs involved in providing the care now if it comes to pass that the fair costs of care increase let's say uh, your average local authority paying 700 pounds per week to paying what actually is a much more realistic say thousand pounds per week well then actually i think that providers will be able to to live with that however the fair cost of care exercise is one that we don't know how where it's ultimately going to land um, and it may be that there is a small increase in the fees that the local authorities will pay us um, but i wouldn't be thinking for one moment that it's, it's a, a silver bullet for providers because my own view is that the local authorities who are already very strapped for cash are going to continue to be strapped for cash and will try and f- reduce the fair cost of care figure that they pay so to something that is not dissimilar to what they currently pay. Ways-
0: News in making so why it fairer, this could be in some ways good news in making it fairer, unless we give level, people the opportunity, either going to contribute if they want the higher level, we're actually either going to force some of the providers out of the market because they won't be able to, to do that, or lower their standards. And those first people who have the means and want to buy, you know, people want to buy first to fly first class, they can do it. They want to five hotel they can budget. do it. Um, is that a good thing if all that is available is budget, is
2: that a good thing? People will want different quality accommodation. Some people may well may well be happy with the sort of the basic level of accommodation um, that the local authority were will, will willing to pay for but there will be other people without a doubt who want greater staffing levels who want better food, who want better surroundings. Um, and more day space you know there will be and and that is completely right and in 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 a free market economy that's what they should be allowed allowed to do Um, and i do think that the government recognise that with the ability to make these first party top-ups they understand that people want some may some people may want something more than the local authority are proposing to provide as a baseline Um, so I do I do think that you're right that there is an attempt to bring some additional fairness but I do also think that that needs to be tempered with the realization Johnny, just that people be have before the ability we leave and the uh, to choose.
0: funding could you explain what happens if somebody starts as a self-funded when somebody during their starts the money as a self funder when, during their stay, the money runs out?
2: You will know that there are a lot of the big-name providers who only accept self-funding residents. And when they're no longer able to self-fund or pay the full fee, whether that is their own money or by family money, um, they are asked to leave. And, and, And us, as a charity, we are unfortunately in a position where we see quite a lot of this, where people come to us having uh, depleted their their assets, gone under the the threshold um, and have to approach us to to take them in and help them. Um, And we have to essentially subsidise the stays of people who have been to other homes who have extracted self-funding fees. Um, It is a very real and apparent problem. Um, And it's something that uh, I don't think you can... You can impose on the the private market, the commercial market, um, to say you have to accept X, Y, of, or X, Y, or Z of a fee. They will always have the ability to say we're not doing that, um, and so it will be organisations like mine, Just as to, a charity, clarify, that will charity like pick the up the, the, the slack on that. Is.
0: Just to, free, to clarify, a charity like the one you on work authority funds. it's not free, it's not only f- that they will the accept government. people on for local fee. authority funds and not just the the full the full fee. So yeah,
2: so, yeah, so our charity will accept just the local authority fee if you are eligible to f- for uh, funding by the local authority. We do ask for families to assist voluntarily, mm-hmm. um, not uh, the full top up um, but we do ask them to make contributions to assist the the charities so grants that we're just again for our to, listeners to I people assume people who come into our homes
0: so a charity would, that you work again, for is, is not the only, the, organization. Organization. Is the only one, one, one there are other not for profit charity organization and if somebody a, is uh, particularly uh, concerned not for profit organization and if somebody is particularly concerned home where there is a risk of being to asked to uh, leave, uh, maybe uh, they need to home where broaden their, their, there is a risk of being and asked find to and uh, find out if there are organisations uh, who or will or maybe ask the question when accept they, accept them to stay, uh, or maybe ask the question when they, sorry.
2: That was good. Okay. My, my advice to people would be ask the question. Uh, so when you're being shown around um, any particular home, ask them what happens you know when we when we run out of money you know many many, as you've already said you know if if, even if um fees are a thousand pounds a week after two three years and you're looking at one hundred and fifty thousand pounds or you know perhaps more um money runs out and i think it's a very relevant and reasonable question to ask the provider that you're talking to what happens if we have to stop self-funding and go on to local authority rates because in our organisation, we will never get rid of you. Um, Another important question there are to ask, Johnny, who do not take that view.
0: Another fees, important question are they to ask, to be Johnny, is annual increases what increases to fees? Are these are they regulated they in any annual way? Increases. Are these regulated in any way?
2: So, in 2018, the Competition and Market Authority, um, who I'll refer to as the CMA, um, the CMA issued guidelines. Um, it's, it's not regulation, but it is. There are guidelines, and part of those guidelines were to ensure there is complete clarity and complete transparency in how fees are presented to people, that's the upfront information, um, but also on an ongoing basis how fee increases will be dealt with. So, the CMA produced. Uh, the guidance they produce templates for how you can present the, the fees um, and some providers bake in a percentage increase each year some will peg it to the CPI rate of uh, inflation CPI? Uh, is the consumer prices index uh, it's a, um, a national uh, index um, some will peg it to frontline Uh, rates of pay so there's various mechanisms but it's really really important that you are transparent and upfront about it and you put that into your contract and it's certainly something that people should look for when they're looking at the contract to ascertain what the fee is today and what it might be next year we're going, year going to and the talk a bit after
0: about that. contracts and other legal documents for people we're going to, to talk consider a bit about contracts and I just highlight consider some of the areas in a contract to start with Johnny could it just it may highlight some, highlight some, some of the people areas people in a to contract read, that more be uh, and and to read more carefully maybe uh, beneficial and try and ask any relevant questions read more carefully and try and ask any relevant questions
2: so obviously the contract is the the guiding document between the the relationship between the resident uh, sometimes the resident's family um, and the the provider Um, so it's really important I know that it it's not a pleasant exercise to read through uh, a set of terms and conditions that could run to 10 or 12 pages or whatever it might be Um, but within that you will find all the sort of information that really you do need to to know and understand Um, I guess if I were looking at a contract, the things that, other than what we've already spoken about, about um, the, the fees today and the fees tomorrow, um, would be things like who's responsible for insurance. Um, now, generally speaking, when you're at home, you have your own home insurance, you look after your own things. People think that when they come into a care home that uh, maybe that, um, ins- that insurance is no longer required. My view is it's still required. Um, Whilst a care home will be insured, it may not be to the level that you want or to cover the things that you want. And if you want to make sure that your items are are covered for all eventualities, you need to make sure that you cover them yourself. Um, So I I think insurance would be one of those things to be looking at. I think you'd also should be looking at what happens in the event that you're temporarily away from the home. So, for instance, uh, you you have to go into hospital. You know what 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 are the what are the terms around um, payment when you go into to, to hospital? Um, is there a point at which the home reduces the fee um, or extinguishes the fee entirely? Uh, I think other things that uh, you should be looking for, and certainly one of the things that the CMA looked at, was what happens after you sadly die. Um, some. Providers were charging up to one month of, of fees post death um, and the, the CMA uh, decided that that was not an appropriate level of fee to carry on paying and suggested a 10 day maximum. Um, but also if you clear the room before the 10 days that, that the fee should stop there. That was their suggestion. I think it's something that you should look at if that is something that um, obviously is important to you. I think it is important to most people. Um, so looking at at what happens um, after death. Also looking at things like the complaints procedures and making sure that um, people are comfortable, that there is a mechanism for good dialogue, because actually good dialogue between the family um, and the home is essential for a successful stay. Um, So make it just... And actually you can tell quite a lot from the terms and conditions what a provider's view of those sorts of issues are um and i think that um I'd, I'd be looking if i were looking to place someone um to look at the the the, the sort of complaints procedure because you know i think we also have to be aware that we are in a people business mm-hmm. and not everything works 100 percent in the way you'd want it to work I and mean, we have to all realize that um but it's how you then deal with those tricky situations going that's going really forward. great that you mentioned
0: because um when things go wrong uh, is one mentioned because future when things go wrong is one of those and future again we uh, will talk sessions, about uh, how to approach that and but it really is again we will very talk about insightful and helpful for people but to really know very that this is something insightful and helpful that for people to can happen. Know. may happen something maybe not on a big level always but if you're in a place for so many happen, years, sometimes there are disagreements, but and then if you have a place will that be for so many years, sometimes it's there are so disagreements. So I mean, and then everything that you say is actually not approached. It's so important. I mean, um, everything it's that for you everyone. say is actually so not somebody may object to a for 10 um, days It's after everyone. somebody so passes away. If you know that in advance, then you can choose not to go to that place If you know that in advance, then you can choose not to go to that place. Smooth, this period when you make the, the decision can then as is is smooth um, as is possible the insurance issue is again very important and my experience, experience in care, care. has led me important and understand um, that people in think okay my, my jewelry might be understand that people think okay again jewelry might be or, n- or um, not. In or short, again breaks vest, something of or mine or not. Then maybe or it's their, their home breaks something of mine but then, if then maybe it's their glasses fall but if or I s sl- my I glasses in bed accidental damage. Or if my dentures on them in bed accidental damage. Or, or if my dentures digital very expensive I put them in the binge aid or ends my up Somewhere, somewhere where expensive. do you find such a tiny in- thing aid in a big home? Somewhere. Those and items do you may not be covered a by insurance. In a big home, those items may not be covered by insurance.
2: And and we we actually suggest on the expensive items that you don't bring them into the home, that you don't bring in your jewellery and, you and you don't bring in your antiques because, you know, we we all understand that things do go missing. In the same way, they go missing when you're at home and you're sort of. You know, you're taking out your your washing from your washing machine, and all of a sudden, you've only got one sock rather than two. Yes. and You think, where on earth's that gone? I mean, the same thing happens in a care home. We don't,
0: but, but you can't come in without your hearing aids <laughs> and
1: your dentures. <laughs> and as we no, know, hearing aids but, but you can't
0: these days come in without, without your hearing aids. Up to a thousand pounds are So, and, 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 you know, and they're so tiny. Yep. and of course a So, if they are damaged or lost, and of course, it would be so much help if they are damaged or lost. That it will be so much help for people. To replace them the money them. Money. So it is about people right. looking into it, it and again asking. So, provider, it is 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 so, provider, so it is, is, about so the the is about people looking into it and again asking yeah. the, the provider what is covered, yeah. what um, is not. Obviously, insurance. the care and all that is different. It's their own insurance. When we we talked about contract, we talked about the fees. When what other legal about contract, matters you talked about the fees, do you think that people or can you advise people to look into matters, do you in think preparation people, or can you advise people to look into in preparation?
2: So I think that the when you when you look at the sort of the decision making arena, I think that that sort of formulates what you should be thinking about um, when you're coming into a home. So as you would advise sort of any anyone who's actually sort of approaching a certain age um you should think about what's going to happen you know when i perhaps lose capacity what's going to happen when i die it's really important to have those honest and difficult conversations with your family you know are you putting in place a dna really difficult conversations so Um,
0: what dnar can you explain that to our listeners
2: uh, yeah sure uh dnar is do not attempt resuscitation so essentially um if you let's say suffer a cardiac I, I, I arrest and that you, say that you are, are not are resuscitated
0: uh, we'll have a, a session, session I, I an accept here and say that end of life we care uh, we'll, we'll have, have a session That so being included end of life detail but just enough. you mentioned it so people know being included in greater detail but just you mentioned it so people know.
2: Sure, sure. So, so, so one of the things I think that they, they should be doing is is putting in place um, a, a power of attorney. So there are two types of uh, uh, powers of attorney in this country, lasting powers of attorney. There is one for health and welfare and there is one for property and affairs and people have the ability whilst they still have capacity Um, to appoint people to essentially act in their place to make those sorts of decisions. And they are the sorts of decisions that actually, particularly in a health and welfare environment, that need to be made on a regular basis in a care home. So whilst when you have have capacity, you are absolutely free to make your own decision. Um, And that is obviously completely right that... Your decision has to be paramount if you have capacity to make it. There is a sad reality that more and more people are getting dementia uh, and uh, dementia-related illnesses. Um, And there will become times when many of us will not be able to make our own decisions. And we have to have in place a system to make decisions for people when they can't make them for themselves. And the best way to do that is through um, a lasting power of attorney. Because you get the ability to choose who you want to make those decisions for you. You get the ability to possibly have some of those difficult conversations that uh, you need to have so that they know what your views are. Because when they are making the decisions on your behalf, it's really helpful if you actually have had a conversation with someone about those decisions already when they did have capacity. Um, And it will give you a level of comfort to know that if you can't make the decision, somebody who you know and trust can do so. If you do not make a, a lasting power of attorney, and there are many, many people who don't. I think the statistics actually are pretty awful for the number of people who have a, a lasting power of attorney. I think it's something like 4%. It's really awful. Um, if you don't do it, there are there are mechanisms in place, but they're much more difficult. Um, and... Um, there are there are mechanisms through the court protection for the appointment of uh, of other people to uh, to act on your behalf called a deputy, um, but it's much more long winded, it's much more expensive, um, and definitely if there was one takeaway piece of advice for people of a certain age who are thinking about going into a care home it's look at look at an LPA, look at your look at a lasting power of attorney um, for both health and welfare and for property and affairs, so that when the time comes. You know that and in your decisions will be made and by people made you quickly trust quickly and appropriately. Yeah.
0: And I think if and anybody worries, interests by people who you that, trust, yeah. it doesn't and come like into effect. Anybody worries uh, until there has been a. That it doesn't come into effect until and someone there has been a decisions an assessment I don't it's a medical about person so it's not like suddenly the person can start making person. decisions on your so behalf so it's not like you have suddenly to say. the person can start making decisions on your behalf and you have nothing to say
2: and uh, that is that's right in relation to health and welfare yeah. uh, in relation to property and affairs, you can actually give someone the ability to make decisions on your behalf. But you have to state it in the power itself. But if you you can give someone the power to make decisions about your finances to the attorney before you uh, lose capacity uh, but so it's not uh, it is with your consent but it's with your with your consent absolutely and uh, also
0: it's not so a, a it's kind of a blanket somebody may for not be able to make them about so big things somebody may not be able to make decisions about, about big things is it true that, it that is doesn't the mean that the little things about what they want to wear or the, um, is it true that it's a gradual process and the whole decisions that the uh, lasting power of attorney holder time. will make I don't know if I that. will develop over time. I don't know if I explain that.
2: Yeah, I, I think that um, obviously capacity tends to be lost on a sort of over a long period of time, um, and the more detailed the decision that needs to be made, the less likely that someone who who has Difficulty with capacity is able to make it. So it tends to be at the beginning that, yeah, you know, that as you say, people will be able to choose what clothes they want to wear, but they probably don't have the capacity to determine whether they should be selling their home or they should be cashing in an investment or things like that, um, because they don't understand the, the the nature and extent of perhaps they don't understand the nature and extent of their assets or what they should be doing with them and things like that. So it depends on the decision that's being made. Absolutely. Um, and most of those decisions should be left to the smaller decisions, should be left to people to, to make them what they want to eat, what they want to wear, how you know, things like that. Um, but the, the more difficult and detailed decision, then um, that's when attorneys and might have to step in if you, if you don't have the capacity to, to think they, things thing through properly.
0: Is that and important to people have a right stress stress to make a decision for themselves? That People have a right to, to make, make a decision be the themselves. for themselves I can decide not to treatment That doesn't give the right In other words, I can decide that not that to step That doesn't give say the, the right, right to somebody with an LPA To step in and say That's no.
2: absolutely right <clears throat> and really important um, the, the fact that uh, you might make what others perceive to be a bad decision If you have the capacity to make that bad decision You are perfectly entitled to make it uh, and just because there is a body of opinion that would say you shouldn't do something, it actually doesn't matter. um If uh, if you have the capacity to do it, you can and should, and will be able to do it Johnny, make that I think decision.
0: we covered a huge okay. amount of really really important things. Johnny, I and think i covered uh, a huge and, and amount of really really important things and complex. And thank you for coming really, and your time. Lot, and I'm sure they'll out there. I know not that just through and I definitely learned a lot, but everybody out there, not just about going into a care home, a lot, your advice, is, there, probably, um, for so home, your advice is probably valid. So, many other scenarios, but I think that um, it will just be, be another to kind make of decision about a for people to be able to make a decision about a care home or other. other to to and and also if they do decide to go ahead to make it as good and positive an experience and safe for them
1: thank you johnny all very interesting and helpful gabriella what are we going to talk about next time
0: in the the next two episodes we are going to cover life in a care home and try and give a little bit of an idea what what happens in a on a day-to-day what are the routines how do other health professionals interact staffing things like that
1: and now gabriella i just want to tell the listeners about a couple of resources that johnny has just mentioned if you go to gov.uk and you search for competition and markets authority or cma cases You'll find lots of practical information there. And whilst you're on the gov.uk website, have a look for Lasting Power of Attorney. Until next time, goodbye everyone.
0: Goodbye everyone.